We start this morning, our title is Lost But Not Forgotten. You probably lost a lot of things. There's some things you lost and you've probably forgotten about it. But let me tell you something. This statement here, lost and not forgotten, man was lost but not forgotten. How to know that? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Anything that has any worth, when you lose it, you never forget it. If a mother has lost a child, uh, it might be lost, but it'll never be forgotten. I want you to start thinking about that as we go through the storyline, because you basically know the story. We, st- we start off with, <laughs> you know, I-, I think in my mind, uh, almost like a teenager does not say he's a teenager, so I cannot say he's a teenager. He's a young guy. The Bible says he's a young guy. I take that from the word, the younger you know, of them. Said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And now it hasn't been given to him yet, but he says, it's coming to me. You know, I want it now. And he divided his property between them. That means him and his brother. So the father said, okay, then I'll not only give it to you, whatever belongs to your brother, I'll just give it all right now. So there's no more coming of asking. Let me just give it right now. That's what the story opened us up in. And uh, so defining the term, there's two things we want to look at. First, the word prodigal. The story is called a prodigal son. And the word prodigal means wasteful. And the question is, are you wasteful? When you walk out of here this day, how much time do you really give the Lord? Or is this all the time you're going to give this week to the Lord and the rest of the time you're going to do your own thing? Are you guilty of being wasteful and then think, boy, that prodigal son was something else. I wouldn't have given him anything. And then the Lord said, wait a minute. <laughs> You're wasteful also. In your prayer time, in your spending time with me, you spend more on yourself than you do with me. It means wasteful. Examining the concept of loss. Being out of fellowship with the most important person in your life, assuming that in the moment, your agenda is best for you. A person becomes lost when their agenda becomes far more important than the person like, quote, God. And there's two types of loss here. One is lost because of salvation. That means that you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You're lost, and you have your own agenda. No. Um, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. But then there's another type of lostness where the saint become, he becomes saved, but then he becomes carnal. And he, and he drifts. And he drifts away from God. He comes so entangled with the affairs of this world 
See, demons have left us having loved this present world. Demons left us. Our aim to help us to carefully examine our thoughts and actions, making sure that it will not lead us to failure. What's failure? Failure, I just want to nail, nail it down. Failure is not losing your salvation. I want to make sure that everybody understand that. Once you come to know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you are locked into the family forever. That's taken care of. Failure is that God has put us here that we may earn rewards that he wants to give us. To go into heaven as a heavenly hobo is ridiculous. To go in and have nothing because we want to do our own thing, that's failure. And Jesus Christ makes it very clear. There will be some saved yet as by what? Fire. Everything else will be burned up. Everything that they thought was important, the Lord says it was not important. When he weighed with eternity and God's purpose, it's not important. It's burnt up. And the only reason you're here is because you're mine. Thinking it through. There are three major things I want us to keep in mind this morning. This will give us our outline. One, what is it? His departure. Number two, his desperation. And number three, uh, these are the three things that we'll be talking about this morning. His departure, his desperation, his deliverance. These are the three things that um, kind of marks out that whole scenario as you look at this passage of scripture. First, let's look at his departure. I can imagine him confronting his father. Out of all the things in his confrontation with dad, one thing that broke his father's heart was that the youngest son, the one that, that that carries on the name comes to him and the son is bailing out on him. And here's what the son is saying. And with the sense of entitlement, what's the word? Here's the first one. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. And not many days later, the young, younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. Everything that the father had saved up for him, had in store for him, he squandered it in reckless living. We're going to analyze that. Because as we analyze, I want you to ask some questions yourself about yourself. Consider this. 
there are at least five unique things about a person with the potential of being lost, completely out of touch with the real joy that only God can provide. So, so for a moment, for a side now, let's look at the uh, prodigal son and then look, let's look at ourselves and let's see if some of these things might apply to us. If not, you can check it off, okay? Number one. He decided to form a foundation for his life, deliberately not seeking counsel. Do you ask God about the things you want to do? Or do you just do it and then say, God bless it? <sighs> that's, that's the first violation back to Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, and all your ways do what? acknowledge him and what would he do he'll direct your path he'll tell you what to do here's the second he took a poor position in the relationship by leaving too soon he wanted too much at the wrong time give it to me right now man you're not mature enough i want it now i want my money i want my money right now it's, it's almost like you're going to give an inheritance to your, your children. I, and I laugh at my, I laugh at my uh, daughter, uh, bless her heart. She, she really did well uh, on, the, um, on the cruise and everything else. And, um, and I was telling some, we wound up with the president suite there on the, on the, on the, on the cruise. You got to imagine what that is with a butler and a kind of concierge and all these other things. And, uh, um, and so, I mean, I mean, she really did it up, you know. And then she reminded that us that she's the first daughter. <laughs> and, I, and I said, well, bless your heart, you know. He said, now, remember I'm the first daughter? La, 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 la. And I said, child, I remember all that. You just don't know that what I have. You see, <laughs> I might give you $10, you know. <laughs> don't, don't look for, if you're thinking about what I have, if, don't, whatever you're doing, don't, don't plan on what I have. Get your eyes off of my money. <laughs> it's, not, it's not yours. Everything you have right now, saints of God, is not yours. Whose is it? Everything you have is whose? I would think that we'd take time out to say thank you. God is good. And this guy, is, and he took a poor position in the relationship by leaving too soon. He's ruling now, Lord. It's, it's almost like a lot of young folks. I'll be glad when I get out of this house. <laughs> well, and where are you going? I just, I'm, I'm just, I'll just be glad when I get out and get out on my own. <laughs> and, and I laugh at that. I said, well, that, that, that's great that you want to get out on your own, but you don't have anything. The world do not love poor people. Do you understand that? They have a special place for poor people on the streets. Poor people beg. The world recognizes if you have money, they love you. You don't have money, they don't know you. They don't even want to know you. I don't believe it. Okay. That's all right. I just thought I'd tell you. 
Three, let's read that together. He showed poor timing by asking too soon for what had been inevitably his if he would have only waited. Too soon. It wasn't ready yet. Too soon. He asked, give me my portion. See, he knew he had a portion. But he asked too soon. And he was not prepared to handle it. Four, his poor preparation with the possessions in his hand, with no plans in his head. In his heart, he had left. Listen, he left his father with no plans in his head. Oh, he had plenty in his hands, but nothing in his head. So I'm going to give you a million dollars. Good. Now, how are you going to spend your million dollars? Uh. <laughs> now, that person's dangerous. I was looking at, I was looking at television, some of the, some of the um, um, uh, stars, the basketball stars and what have you, and many of them who said they've been swindled out of their millions of dollars. You know why? They never planned on what they would do if they did get a million dollars. So guess who's going to come after their million dollars? Crooks. Like flies. And then they're heartbroken when they're broke. Now no one wants to be around. I don't care what your name is. I don't want to be around you. You don't have any money. My name is Hammer. I don't care what your name is. You don't have any money anymore. You're broke. His poor choice did not factor in the principle of replenishing what has been spent. If you spend something, you have to replace it. Let me make it more simple. You're really thirsty, and you drink the water. Do you think it's going to replenish itself? If you drink the water and don't have a glass or something to put it in, you're in trouble. You need something to replenish. This young man had nothing to replenish the funds. Because number one, he didn't earn it. It was given to him. He had nothing to replenish it with. And he was spending it all on others on the poor, on helping others, he spent it on that one word all of us love, the me. Oh, we love us a me, now you know that. He spent it on the me. Me always come first. Observation. Regardless of the great humiliation that the father would suffer in his, his community, he was still gracious, compliant, and generous. It appears that he did not verbally respond to his son. When his father gave the goods to his son, you had to know what, the, what that was to the Jewish community. It was one of the greatest embarrassments for a rich man. 
to give an inheritance to a young son. And that young son leaves his father. Before the community, it was one of the greatest embarrassing things and heartbreaks for that man. And he didn't argue with his son. He didn't say a word. Do you know, a lot of times the things we do, have you noticed that sometimes God is strangely silent? Not, not because he can't do anything or not that he won't do anything. There's some times when you can, that's why it says, grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Don't you know there's sometimes you just, you just hurt God? After all he have done for you, at the cross of Calvary and the, the tremendous price, and, and I was at yesterday, my mind went back over it again. Lord, I'll never, I cannot comprehend I cannot comprehend taking on the sins of the whole world. And, and, and then your wrath, I don't know what your wrath is. No man have ever experienced it. But Jesus experienced the wrath that God was going to put on us forever. And he survived it and said, it is finished. I don't know the extent of that. And then to turn around in our everyday living, and to treat him as if he's some everyday person. You mean that's not embarrassing? You mean that doesn't hurt? You mean that our agenda is so important that Jesus Christ is on our list somewhere on six or seven or, or eight or ten, not number one? When his command is loving God with what? All your heart and what? All your soul and with what? Second observation. The relationship was not destroyed or lost. Only the fellowship, provision, protection, and peace. When the son walked away, the father didn't say, you're not my son anymore. So you got the inheritance? Boy, don't you ever come back here. Lock him out. Don't you ever let him back in here. Know what the son only experienced? The silence of daddy. One thing he walked away with knowing, one thing he walked away with that was not listed, his father's love, he could not shake away. His father's love. The moment that the son left, walking away, I believe the next day, daddy was sitting and waiting for his son to return. That's what love does. And those of you who are, have parent, or who are parents, you have children sometimes that breaks your heart. They have you crying. But you don't stop being their children, being a parent. They don't stop being your child. They'll always be your DNA. You can't wipe that away. That's forever. Well, at least the Lord take you home. <laughs> and so this is what happened here. 
And when he had spent everything, a severe famine rose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens. Here we go to the point of desperation. Who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. Now for a Jewish boy, to feed pigs, those are unclean animals. But when you're hungry, you see, it's something else. See, when you're not hungry, I don't, I, I don't touch stuff like that. No. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a vegan. I, I don't touch stuff like that. You get hungry. Leave a bologna sandwich sitting right there, and you're hungry. I'd say another word. Give you a few minutes. You scratch your chin. Next thing, next thing you think that person was a magician. All of a sudden, that sandwich disappeared. It's amazing what your stomach could do, right? I only eat wheat bread, right? Okay. He was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one gave him what? Oh, when he went out there with his daddy's stuff, oh boy, he's a jolly good fellow. He's a jolly good fellow. You know. And oh boy, he's, he's smiling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me, that's me. Did he spend everything? And then he didn't anticipate a famine. And now he's going to ask others, and they say, I'm sorry, bro. I'm, I'm trying to struggle myself. I can't, wish I could help you today, but uh, God bless you. God be with you till we meet again. I can't help you. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's heir hired servants have more than enough bread? but I perish here in hunger. I want you to notice something. Not the transition in finances, but the transition in his thinking. You see, the problem with the prodigal son was his thinking when his, he left. And now the thing that's going to make a difference is his thinking and coming back. He cannot think the way he left and going back. He cannot come back to his father and say, hey, I'm running a little bit low. And I'm your son, so give me a little bit, a little bit more something, something to get me over. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't work that way. Because you ask for all, and all means what? So, boy, you're poor. Not poor, poor. And so... He, he came, and now, now his, here is, here's a transitional period right here. This transitional period where he came to himself, and he said, how many of my father's hired servants? He began to realize, wait a minute now, my hired servants are eating bread, and I'm eating this pig stuff. I'm not touching the unclean thing. I'm eating their food. And I don't know what that grunt means, but I guess they're complaining against me too. Then he goes on. I will rise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Here's the second thing that kicks in place. Now he gets a plan. When he left, he didn't have a plan. Now he has a plan. The first one was he got his thinking together. 
Now the brother got a little, now he got a little plan going. <laughs> I'm going home, and here's what I'm going to say, you know. I'm going to say I messed up in the spiritual realm and in the physical realm. He said, I messed up with God. He said, I'd rather go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. I've messed up against God. And then he says, and before you, I, I, am, I am wrong. I messed up. You know what, a lot of relationships, you know why you don't have closure? Blame shifting. Reason I'm coming back because you know you you caused me to leave in the first place. <laughs> Blame shifting. Oh uh, no! Always, never owning up to I was wrong. Here the prodigal son says, "Daddy, I'm going to tell my daddy." You haven't talked to daddy yet. I'm going to tell my daddy. <laughs> it's amazing when you, when you get hungry and desperate. <laughs> One thing, the truth start coming, I mean, really come to light. I'm going to tell my daddy. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your highest servants. Then, then the next thing he says, you know what? I'm not going to even take the entitlement. I'm going to throw my entitlement in the garbage. I'd rather be a servant and still living than think I'm something to be a son and dead out there in the, with pigs. So treat me like one of your servants. <sighs> See the transition of thinking? You know what? That's why the Lord says, a broken and contrite heart, he will not despise. When you come to the Lord, there's a song, just as I am, without one plea. When you come to the Lord and say, Lord, there are areas in my life I have messed up. You've been telling me to get rid of, deal, deal with this and deal with this. And say, Lord, I have messed up before you. And I've messed up in relationships. Lord, I'm guilty. Several things this prodigal son did out of desperation. One, he became a servant for the first time in his life. Two, he had to feed the other animals that were forbidden by the Jews to eat. Three, he was so hungry that he desired to eat what the pigs were eating. Now, you know that's bad. Four, he realized that he was living worse than the servants at his father's house. A threefold transition took place in that, at that moment. One, a spiritual and physical reality check concerning God and his Father. Two, a spiritual, a spirit of humility and not feeling and not feeling worthy. A willingness to accept the consequences of his action. Treat me as one of your highest servants. Boy, there's a change in his life, isn't he? That doesn't change his position. He's still lost. He's still out there. No one still, no one even cares. He's just thinking this, this little thought in his life with the pigs. If no one helped him, he will still be with the pigs. He was still in a hopeless situation, although his mind changed and he wanted to do the right thing, but somebody had to be in a position to put it right. 
There's no one at this point. He said, I'm going back to my daddy. <laughs> it's amazing how we remember our parents. The deliverance. What is it? The He decided to go back. And he rose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. This plan of action that was formed was from the heart, not from the head. Because the young man did this from the heart and not from the head, then he got the response. Daddy was waiting all the time, and this old man that had been waiting all the time, he saw his son above. <laughs> Probably still, you know, in, in the neighborhood, he, was, he still had a little swag in his walk, you know. <laughs> He's coming home. And, and, and you know what? Parents know their children. They, they know their voices. They know their cries. They even know the little quirk in their walks. That's my boy. As he was coming home, I can imagine as far as the neighborhood is concerned, oh, he dares to go back to his father? Oh, what an embarrassment. Do you think the father cared about that? Let me show you why the father didn't care. Did he care? No, no. He said, and he rose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And the father grabbed him. The father grabbed him. Hugged him. Didn't let him finish his statements. That's what love does, isn't it? I'm not looking for you right now to apologize. It's so good to have you home. You left me. I didn't leave you. Daddy didn't leave. Daddy never left. You know, that's one of the wonderful things about the Lord. The worst thing that the world is going to face is not that the world left God. That's, that's already. It's when God leaves the world. The worst thing is that when a person keeps rejecting Christ and rejecting Christ and rejecting Christ and God says, leave him alone. Like uh, I think it was Hosea. When it says, Ephraim have gone into his own idols, leave them alone. God says, I'm done. When God leaves, Ichabod, when, when, when God leaves, when God walks away, who else do you have? But when daddy comes, and when daddy throws his arms around you, regardless of the smell of the pigs and everything else, he didn't say, wash that boy up before I hug him, you know? <laughs> He hugged that dirt and everything else, huh? He hugged the smell. He hugged the boy who... His body might not have been right, but now his mind is right. And daddy just hugs him and loved on him. That boy got there... At that day, that boy got four things I always told you that's important in any relationship. 
I don't have it listed here. You should know it by now. Let me just let you just run it over. Repeat after me. Acknowledgement. Affection. Approval. And attention. Do you think you got all of that? To see dad get up and run toward him instead of him running toward dad. Acknowledgement. He says, and, he, and the dad kissed him, affection, approval, and attention. Did the son deserve any of this? Anything we receive from God is nothing we deserve. It's because God so loved us. Not only did he save us, he continually loved us. And he'll never stop loving us, regardless. Regardless. But the father said to his servant, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fatted, fatted, uh, fatted cab and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this, here's the reason why. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Lost but not forgotten. Daddy did the talking from that point on. Notice what daddy did. Notice the steps for closure and restoration. One, he willingly returned. Two, his father was waiting all the time, never giving up hope. Three, his father did eight things. Let me list them out. A, he saw him. <laughs> Not at a glance, he saw him. Two, he had compassion. He, he embraced him. He kissed him. He put a robe on him. Put a ring on his finger. What, what does a ring mean? You're not going to come back as a servant. You're family. When you come back, you come back with a little position here, boy. <laughs> the servants will serve you. When you see, when they see that ring, you, you're family. You're nothing but family. Put rolled his finger. Then he put shoes on his feet. He made a big celebration for his son's return. Daddy was really gracious with his son, didn't he? When you make that decision for the Lord, that's what happens. That's what happens. And so the prodigal son was lost, but upon returning home, he became the object of a great celebration. He was lost, but what? Not forgotten. There are sometimes, as I wrap it up, there are sometimes we get so enamored by the things around us 
that we leave God out of the picture. There, you won't find any thunder and lightning. You will not find God doing something radical. But you know what? I believe that believers, not lost as far as salvation is concerned, lost as far as connection, connectivity, and fellowship with God. Lost in the sense that somehow uh, uh, they cannot hear God anymore. They're so enamored with things lost but not forgotten. So as we wrap things up this morning, one last thing. How have you been living lately? How far have you wandered from God's will and purpose for your life as you pursued your own interests? You know, at the judgment seat of Christ, the purpose of the judgment seat of Christ is to give rewards. And um, some believers will not receive anything. Oh, they'll be saved. No rewards. It'll be a great disappointment, not for the believer, as much as it is for God who wants to give us everything. God's not putting a cap on, guess what, you only get so many, so many rewards, no? He gives you plenty. He does not put a limit on it. All we have to do is be submissive to him. And if you have drifted from him, if you have, you have become your own wasteful child, if you've been a wasteful child in God's family, wasteful, then you need to do what the prodigal son did. And say, Lord, I've been wasteful. <sighs> and I've really sinned against you in the process. And I come to you just as I am. And I want to put things right between you and me. I'm not questioning your salvation. I'm questioning your fellowship and how you're walking with the Lord. And if that's where the struggle is, my prayer is that God's been speaking to your heart. Will you stand? I would like to pray for you. If God's been speaking to your heart in this area, then don't worry about other folks. Let's do a turnaround. See, the, the difference between the prodigal son is he turned around. For you to understand it and not turn around, you're worse than the prodigal son. For you to know something that's in your life that you continue to do and you know that it displeased God and you're not willing to turn around to be totally sold out to him, remember that you are, to, uh, I beseech you therefore, brothers, that you present your bodies to what? A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your what? Reasonable service. And if that has not been your mindset, if your all is not on the altar, 
then I would challenge you to make some adjustments right now while there's time. Any others? Did I want to press you? Father, thank you for our time. Thank you for the prodigal son. Lost, but not forgotten. He went out with the wrong attitude. And it took the hardship of life to change his thinking. But when he changed his thinking, it did not change his father who was waiting for him all the time. And all that he lost, it seems like the father just brought him back, Lord, and had a great party for him. Put a ring on his finger. Gave him new clothing because of, of his position. He didn't lose his position. He just lost temporarily the fellowship the peace, the protection, the provision that was his under daddy. Help us understand that, Lord, and help us live in a way that's pleasing and honoring to you. Thank you for the saints. Thank you for the ears that we're willing to hear. If there be one in the sound of my voice that do not know, do not know Christ, I pray, Lord, that you will just touch their hearts right now and with that they understand that they are lost spiritually and they have to turn around, admit that they're a sinner, can't save themselves, and trust what Jesus Christ has done on the cross of Calvary in dying for their sins and ask Christ to be their Savior. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. If you if you please stand, we'll sing the last song. Lead me, guide me along the way. I am weak and I need thy strength. 